Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. I'm so sorry to disappoint you, and I know you were all looking forward to getting started on chanting the Chandipat, but there were a couple of other items that I wanted to share with you all. So if you have not already done so, please go to our Start Here page and go to the home page of the Devi Mandir, and you're going to find the Chandipat Falsruti. And this is the recitation of the fruits of reciting the Chandi Pot. Ah, and it's really important that we study it because it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful document. I know chapter 12 says, uh, I'm always going to stay forever in where, whatever place this Chandi Pot is recited with love and devotion. And I know she says, I'm going to take away the adverse planetary influences from anyone who may be affected adversely by planets. And I know she says, it's the best cause of peace when associations of men have divided. And I know she said, I'm going to give blessings and so many things that she said in chapter 12. And now, in the Varaha Tantra, this it, it was expanded upon, and it, she, she expanded the definition. She, they, they gave this special falsehood. So let's, let, let's go through it if you've downloaded it already. If not, it's on. You can get to it from our Facebook page. You can get to it from our home page. You can get to it from our mantras page. You can get to it from our Start Here page. Uh, and please put this into your collection of stuff regarding Chandi. It's really fun. It says, Oh, Goddess. Listen to me as I recite the various fruits derived from reciting the Chandi pot one or more times. Just once <laughs> or more. After taking the Sankalpa Vishnu or Om Tatsat Omadya Jambudipe presently upon the planet Earth. America Deshay, if separate, take the sudden culpa and performing the worship with the complete system, including anganyasa, karanyasa, establishing the energies in the body, etc., and making the prescribed offerings, humans will obtain the their desired fruits. I mean, you get the fruit of your worship, you get the fruit of your karma, it's puja, pot, and then Homa Sangeet, and then the Rit, and then Prabhachan Arpana. And these seven kinds of karma yoga. Now, if you do the Siddhant according to the prescribed systems of worship, humans will attain their desired fruits. Men and women, you can tell this was a letter translation, uh, who make three complete recitations at three times will experience divine peace. Oh, whose countenance grants blessings, those who recite five times will cause all the defects of the planetary positions to come to peace. Put all the planets in harmony. They stop fighting with one another. Seven complete recitations will remove the greatest fears, and nine complete recitations will grant the fruit of kings. Uh, and it's a Vajpay Falam The fruit of kings. Those who make 11 complete recitations for the 11 forms of Rudra, Asrudra, who takes away the tears, who eradicates the sufferings, will be freed from obligations to a higher authority. Not to the highest one, but to a higher one. Those who make 12 complete recitations for the 12 aspects of the sun will attain the desires and destroy their enemies. So the enemies are the six repus, Kamkrod, Lobmo, Modamatsarja, and you'll destroy all your enemies inside and out. 
Those who make 14 complete recitations for the 14 incarnations of Mono will defeat unconquerable foes and be freed from the influence of a selfish woman, and those who recite 15 times will be granted comfort and respect. Manvrata, Sri Vash, Sri Vash Amiyata, and Sokyam Panchadashavrittam Sriyamvabdutimanabha. And the human beings who will go 15 times, they'll uh, achieve the highest comfort and respect. Sriyamvabdutimanabha. Uh, so, it, it, you, from all the selfishness, we free ourselves with 14 times the recitation. And uh, these, uh, uh, it, 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 very interesting here, Manva Ritiari Purvashya. It says, uh, not only uh, if you do the 14 recitations of a manu, manva vritya yari, and the yari, ari is an enemy, ari is an enemy, and ari purvash, the control of your enemies, Purvash, complete control of your enemies. And now here we are. We, we've got Ripu and Ori Purvash. This is a tremendous play on words. It's a really fun Sanskrit. I'm sorry, I get excited for that. Every now and then uh, I, I, I get excited about this. You see, you've got Ari Purvash, complete control of enemies, and you've got Ripu, uh, Ritya. So the Ripu is the six Ripus, Kankrod Lok Momodadi. And Ori Purvash means the complete control of the enemies. It's true both ways. The enemies are inside. They may be outside too. I'm sure I'm making lots of enemies right now. But this kind of stuff, you know, it kind of excites, excites me. It's, it's really fun stuff, what you can do with Sanskrit. You can't even think like that in English. Uh, so the, the same, the play on words means that you get the full and complete control of your enemies, or it means that your enemies are inside you. And both are true. Sixteen recitations for the sixteen aspects of the moon grants children through the generations and wealth and grains as well as destruction of evil authority and control of your enemies. So now remember everybody's going to have kids. You're either going to have physical kids or you're going to have metaphysical kids. Because either you find what you're looking for and you don't have a, a, a physical relationship, but you have a duty to give it back, to spread it, to pass it on, to make sure it sustains itself. That's how it becomes sanatana dharma, the eternal ideals of perfection. So if you have metaphysical children, you pass it, they're born in knowledge and wisdom and in bhavana and feeling and attitude. And I want my kids to have an attitude with a capital A. Now, or you have physical kids. So either way, if you have 16 recitations, you're going to get knocked up. One way or the other. Either you're going to have physical kids or you'll have metaphysical kids. Oh, beloved, those who recite Chandipat 17 or 18 times or even 20 times will be freed from the greatest poisons, including the junk that goes in your ears, that gives birth to Madhu and Koitabata, too much and too little. Those who recite 25 times will be freed from all bonds, especially the fear or doubt of recovering from difficult situations like the destruction of your family or your tribe, the impending loss of life or wealth, or other difficulties caused by your enemies. 
Those who recite 100 times with attentiveness and care will be freed from every kind of uh, imposing circumstances, whether caused by worldly, spiritual, or divine causes, and will be blessed with wealth and welfare. And for those who recite 100 times, all difficulties will be destroyed and he or she will attain the highest form and the highest position in this life and in future lives. Oh, one of excellent vows, for those who will recite 108 times, Whatever desires their minds will contemplate, the goddess will fulfill for them, and they will receive the fruits of having performed 100 ashwamed sacrifices. Uh, of all the yagyas, ashwamed was considered the, the, the adhya, the pr prata, the foremost, the first, the, the most important. It was like the 10th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, of all the gods, I am Vashudev, and of all the archers, I am Arjun, and of all the scriptures, I am the Vedas, and, of all, and I am the best of all the best. Of all the yagyas, the ashwamedha was considered the best, and this is the, the best reciting the Chandipat is comparable to performing the ashwamedha sacrifice. And you know, ashwamedha has a very interesting uh, etymology. Actually, ashwa is the horse. Made is the intellect of love, or made is the marrow of the bones, or uh, we're sacrificing the essence, the inner core, the inner structure, the, the soul support of the, and the horse is always uh, re, uh, represented that divine urge to union. They were always barn sour. They always wanted to turn around and go back home. They were these horses that always uh, were the relentless pursuit of knowledge. And those horses, they became the representatives of the, the Ashwin twins, and they became the physicians of the gods because they were always studying the infirmities of the body and the mind. So they were always trying to take all of those who were inf infirm, uh, suffering from some sort of uh, dukhtaridra, some form of pain and anguish, and they wanted to make them whole and create a healing and bring them back and restore them to that previous state where they were at home with their own. And so the Ashwamedha Yagya was the Yagya of the pursuit of the knowledge of pure love and pure buddhi, a pure intelligence, uh, which brings us back to our original state of, of absorption in the one, the original state of union. And that's what the Ashwamedha stood for. For those who will recite the Chandipat 1,000 times, Sahasra Chandi, how many times have we done that? I don't know, I don't time we did that. The fickle God of peace and wealth, who is the ultimate attainment of all goals, that Mahalakshmi, hey Mahalakshmi, Namo Nama. Would you sing that one line, please? Hiranya. Thank you, Mom. That fickle goddess of peace and wealth who is the ultimate attainment of all goals will become still for them. And they will attain the ultimate liberation. One thousand times. Just like the ashwamedha sacrifice is the ultimate of all sacrifices. Just like Vishnu is chief amongst the gods, in the same way, the 700 verses of the Chandipat are the chief among all scriptures. Oh, whose countenance grants blessings, what else can I say? Recite the Chandipat a hundred times and attain the perfection of all attainments. 
And thus ends the fruits of reciting the Chandipat described in the Varahi Tantra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted you all to add that to your collection of stuff about Chandi because it, she's really cool. Uh, I had one other piece I wanted to share with you as long as I get to show and tell tonight. Uh, this is <coughs> one of my favorite old sadhanas, except <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> uh, we need a, a, a stronger stand. Okay, that's not going to work. We'll try our best. Well, essentially what happened, boom, let's see if I can make this stand up in its own. I guess not. Well, let's try. We'll just hold it here. Do you know the entire fifth canto, the entire fifth book of the Srimad Devi Bhagavatam, consisting of 18,000 shlokas. 2,500 shlokas of this entire fifth book are a commentary on the Chande. There are lots of neat details in this book, and I've read the Sanskrit a number of times. In fact, the entire Devi Gita was translated from the original Sanskrit of the Devi Bhagavatam. And that consisted of 13 chapters from this, 20, uh, from this fifth book. Uh, but I wanted to share with you tonight the last paragraphs of this fifth canto, because the goddess came to Surat the king and to Boisha Samadhi, the businessman, and she said, and I'll tell you what she said exactly as it's written in the book. Remember, this was translated by Vigyanananda around the turn of the, what is it, the 20th century. So it would be early 1900s. Vigyanananda, incidentally, was an engineer by trade, and he is the one who did all the engineering for Belur Mott. Uh, he was really a fascinating guy. Uh, he was our kind of a sadhu. He was efficient. He was uh, uh, worldly wise. He practiced his trade. He studied Sanskrit. He wrote in Old English, uh, which is a little bit antiquated to our modern hip-hop Americanese. But it, you'll get the gist. And you'll get the general idea. And she said, the Devi Bhagavati then sing thus the, the, the grieved and that their hearts were overflowing with devotion towards her, she appeared directly before them and said, Thus, O king, you are my favorite devotees. I am pleased with your tapasya. Now ask whatever you desire. I will grant you that boon. And she spoke to the Vaishya Samadhi. Oh, highly fortunate one, I am pleased. Ask without any delay, any boon. I will grant that just now. Well, you all know that the king said, I'd like my kingdom back. I don't like being exiled from good thoughts. I don't like hanging out with all these bad thoughts. I want to be the king of a kingdom that is so strong and so mighty that no bad thought has permission to enter into my kingdom. And I want it to be that way for all time. And Davy said, Tatastu, I give you the boon, that's fine with me. You've done the tapasya and you've done the sadhana and you've read this, re recited the chandipat a thousand times. Of course, I'm giving you that boon. You will become the king of good thoughts and no bad thought can ever enter into your kingdom and starting right now. This instant. And then... He became very happy. On the other hand, the Vaishya, 
Samadhi, became illumined with spiritual knowledge and all his connections and attachments be being completely severed became free from all bondage. He became liberated in his lifetime and he traveled always from one place of pilgrimage to another and passed away his time singing the glorious deeds of the deity. O king, thus has I have described to you the most wonderful character of the Devi, what fruits were obtained by the king and the Vaishya under worshipping her, how the Deitches were slain by her and uh, about her auspicious appearance on the earth. Such is the glory of the goddess leading to fearlessness amongst her devotees. The mortal, he did even better than he or she, the mortal who hears, the mortal who hears constantly this excellent pure narrative of the Devi Bhagavati gets truly blessed. And all the wonderful pleasures of this world, no doubt anybody who hears this wonderful in incident will obtain knowledge, liberation, fame, happiness, and purity. The essence of all religions lies in this narration. Therefore, it leads above all to Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. It grants all desires to all human beings. That's enough. It contains the essence of all religious scriptures. And it leads to Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. And it is the essence of becoming he who belongs to all, all colors, tribes, castes, creeds, labels of every kind, every ism. We belong, become one with God. What do we need with a religion? Religions are only to keep us focused on the goal. When we achieve the, 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 the perception of our ultimate unity with that one, then we no longer need the tool. Uh, Ramakrishna said, when you step on a thorn, you take another thorn to pull out the first thorn, and you dig the thorn out of your foot, and then you throw them both away. Religion is a thorn from which to extricate the thorn of worldliness. When you have become one with the goddess and one with all colors and tribes and castes and creeds, then what do you need with the th religion? You belong to every religion. You belong to God. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Let's see if there are any questions tonight and then we can begin chanting the Chandi tomorrow night. We have a question from Sharanya in Walnut Creek. Namaste, Sharanya Ma. Pranam, should the full Shruti be recited along with the full pot? Where would, where would you include it in the recitation of the Chandi? Well, uh, like we just did, this false Shruti is from a different source. The Chandi pot is from originally from the Rig Veda, and then it came from Markandeya Purana. Now, this one comes from Varahi Tantra. So this is a later dated, different scripture which alludes to the Chandipat. It's a, it's a later, latter day commentary on the Chandipat, the recitation of the fruits. So it could be done as we've done it just now at the end of everything, after the final pranam. In chapter 12 you have a recitation of fruits. There's a false shruti within the chandi that's part of the original work. And so uh, that is sufficient to qualify that I have completed the bidi jatabidi. I completed the worship uh, according to the prescribed procedure. 
So uh, you could do this uh, false Shruti after the Pranam, you could do it after the Rig Vedotam Devi Shuktam, you could do it after the, uh, uh, after the Arati before the uh, uh, Pranam. Or you could do it at the end, just as we've included it, as a commentary on what all the foregoing. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Namaste Sadatmananda. Namaste. The Kilikam says, as you give, so you shall receive. Yet here, it gives a specific boon for a specific amount of practice. How does the Chanipat fall Shruti even make sense? I would think that your fruit is entirely dependent on the amount of devotion you pray with and the amount of time that you sit. Very good. This is very true. So, not only the amount of time that you sit, but the amount of focus with which you sit, the amount of attention that you show. However, what they're doing in this fall of Shruti is they're saying, sit down for a while. Don't think you're going to get it all right now. It's not immediate. If you chant it one time, you're going to get great fruits. If you chant it loudly, you'll get greater fruits. If you chant it in moderate voice, you'll get moderate fruits. If you chant it a hundred times, you're going to get good fruits. If you chant it a thousand times, you'll get more. What he, he, she is doing here in this false Ruthi is inspiring you to shut up and sit down and go to work and quit looking for excuses to nitpick and just go to work and find what is the Chandi about. We're going to do this until we can do it without counting it. It's our way of life. It's, it's what we want to do with our lives. It's not a mathematical formula. She promised if I chanted 999.2 times, I'm going to get 100% of the fruit. <laughs> no. Uh, you, you, get out of your mind. You already are. But get, get out of the mind and get into your heart and feel your way through the chandi. She's saying, go ahead and do it. You can do it. Go ahead and do it. Don't do it. Try. It's a mathematical formula. I promise you. I'm going to give you this if you chanted how many times. How do I know with what quality of attention, with what quality of mind you're going to recite? However, if you are 100% fully absorbed in the recitation, the chandi, 1,000 times, I guarantee you, I will write it. I guarantee you you're going to find great fruit. Yes, please. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nanda Ma. Pranam. I see a change in my personality, a difference in outlook when I chant the Chandi continuously for a few days, and this does not happen with any other text. Does chanting the Chandi have benefits stronger than chanting other scriptures like the Rudri, Sahasranam, etc.? Or is it just a lucky synchronicity between the person and the text? Well, first of all, you came to the Chandi through Srima. And you saw in Srima an attitude that you wanted to replicate in your own life. A bhavana, a feeling. So you chose the guru who is the example and then you follow the guru's example and you choose the text. So that text will definitely have greater affinity towards you than other texts which you got from other places. Uh, even in, in beyond that, the Chandi, for me, has a special place in my heart. Not just because of Srima, because I actually knew Chandi before I met this incarnation of Srima. Uh, uh, so I can tell you, for me, Chandi has a very, very special vibration that I can't share with any other scripture. All the other scriptures have lots to say and they have beautiful ways of saying it and they're really kind of cool, but Chandi is very, very special. But that's from my perception. I wouldn't want to impose that upon anyone else. But you may find something similar. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti in Seattle. Namaste Sadhana Shakti. Pranam. Is it only when we chant with one-pointed attention that these fruits are truly granted? And if the recitation lacks attentiveness, what fruit comes from that? 
sadhana, we get fruit every time we sit down. Sadhana, we get fruit every time we decide, I'm going to even walk to the temple today. And you walk into the temple, you get fruit. And you walk up to the altar, you get more fruit. And you sit down and you open a book and you get more fruit. And you chant the chandi any way you want, any way with any quality of attention, you get more fruit. And at least we're trying to do something. At least we have the intention, the motivation, the, uh, the possibility of doing something. So these are the fruits that you get when you recite the chandi. No matter whether you recite with full attentiveness or not. Now, how much more fruit will you get if you recite with full attentiveness? In my own personal experience, the times when I chanted with a wandering mind were the times that I got even greater fruit. That sounds counterintuitive. But do you know what happened to me? I stayed there and said, I've got a sankalpa. And I'm going to do this where I can't control my mind, mind. We know that. That's the story. I'm reading it to you right now. You gave that boon to Mahisha. Sure, the ego can control my mind. I can't. Only you. So I can control my knees. And I'm not going to let my knees get up and move until I finish the last mantra of my sankalpa. And when I could perform my promise that way, with that intensity, I'm not going to follow my mind, even if my mind is going all over the place. I'm going to stay here and chant the chandi no matter what. Those were the times she gave me the greater fruit. She said to me, Swam, you can do it. You know you can do it. So therefore, do it. You know you don't have to get up in the middle of the recitation. You just did it. Even though your mind wasn't here, it wasn't focused, it wasn't, it wasn't attentive, you weren't happy, you were sad, you're, you had a pain in your foot, you had a pain in your nose. Whatever reason, you stayed there for the, in, the duration. And you completed your sankalpa. You know you can do it. There's no question about it. Under the worst circumstances, you can do it. If you are in a boat tossed about by waves on the sea, if you're chased by lions, tigers, or thieves through the dense forest, if you're under orders of an angry king to be executed, you can do it. You can sit there and keep your knees in the same place and keep focused on the, reciting the chandi. You can complete your sankalpa. That to me was a, a greater fruit from even greater than the times when she just let me chant with the bliss of the absorption and not have another thought. Those were fun. <laughs> Those were peaceful. Those were relaxing. But the real progress came when I sat there, even though I wasn't there. Even though I wasn't fully present. And I said, I can do it. Yes, we can. We can do it. <laughs> and once you got that bhavana, there's nothing to stop us. Then no one can stop us. You sit there for eight hours, for 10 hours, for 12 hours. You can do it. You know what? I never saw anyone die from a cramp in the foot. They experienced a little discomfort. But they lived to tell the tale. You can do it. As soon as you know that you can do it, then the rest is academic. What do we want to do? We can do it. If I can make this uneducated, illiterate, funky sadhu character sit down and chant the chandi all day, well, what can I not do? I can do anything I decide to do. 
Especially if she blesses us. So, that, sadhana, I think the times where you get the greatest benefit is when you overcome the obstacles. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika, Namaste Sham. Namaste. In order to have any true benefits from our chanting, do we need to have some kind of direct experience? Can chanting eventually give us a direct experience, or do we need to get that from our guru? No, you will get it from a combination of kripa, the grace of the guru. What you do is what you'll get. So chanting is going to help you bring about the experience. Now you get the chanting by the grace of the guru. What you do is what you'll get. So when you look at the guru and you see her get up every morning and put the flowers on the altar and sing the mantras and chant the chandi, then you say, hey, gee, maybe I want to do that too. What you do is what you'll get. Uh, and that's the grace. You know that. Once you know that, you want to do the right thing so you get the, the thing that you want. You want to reflect the right attitude, the right example, so that you can become the person you want to become. Yes, please. We have another question from Sharanya. Yes, Sharanya, namaste. When the text speaks of the fall, uh, the fall shruti uh, resulting from the recitations, does the text mean consecutive recitations? At first it means if you sing it one time in your life, you, you get... And if you sing it a hundred times, it may be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. If you sing it a thousand, and then as, after you've done it a thousand times, you want to do it another thousand times, every day. And then you want to do it a thousand times without changing your location. And then you want to do it a thousand times in one asana. And then you want to do a thousand times... A thousand. <laughs> it just grows. The definition grows. These are just inspirations to get you started. Because after a while, how many times have you chanted the Chandipat Sri Ma? That's right. After a while, you cannot count. You cannot count. It just becomes, well, I gotta do the math. <laughs> I can't count how many, how many years has it been? How do you count? It becomes a japa jap. Because you count the mantras until you lose count. <laughs> and yes, he does. <laughs> and then you just re remain in the mantra. And it becomes a japa jap. The mantra is making japa of you. You are not making japa the mantra. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Namaste, Sadatmananda. Namaste. Does this list imply that we recite a cover-to-cover -cover chandi, or does a seed apoth suffice? Granted, this does go back to the kilikam. As you give, so you shall receive. Absolutely. You got it right there. As you give, so shall you receive. And so if you want to do a seed the pot for a thousand days, that's perfectly all right. Perfectly all right, because the next thousand days, you'll want to do a book from cover to cover. And if that's not enough, then you'll do the chandi pot forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards. And then you'll do it in so many ways. Hey, I wrote a book on how many different ways there are to do the chandi pot. It's called Pronunciation and the Chandi Champoots. And you'll do Shat Akshar Bidi and you'll do a hundred syllable mantra and you'll as a thumpoot. And there are so many ways you'll do, uh, do a, 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 a Udoi Champoot and a Ash Champoot and various mantras we will use as sampoot and in this way the chandipat will continue to grow. All you have to do is plant the seed and water it. It'll grow. Yes please. We have a question from Devananda in Seattle. Namaste Devananda. Namaste. In one of the Rahasyas it says that chanting a part of an episode bears no fruit and that if you can only chant one episode chant the middle one. Sometimes I am called to just chant the first or third episode, more than the second. Is this something I should watch out for? 
No. No, definitely not. Uh, the proscription against reciting uh, just one episode or another episode is for those priests and professionals who want to be in the chandi business and say, I'm going to change your karma because of my devotion to the goddess. If they make such a proclamation, they are required to sit down and read the whole thing. If they have that much shahosh, if they have that much chutzpah, if they have that much uh, <laughs> nonsense that they say, I can change your karma because of my bhakti, if they have such ego, such self-conceit, so much uh, 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 ridiculousness, then they have to sing the whole thing cover to cover. Now, if they say, Devananda, you're a devotee who's trying to learn the chandi. You practice as much as you can do, and I'm happy that you're practicing. I'm happy that you're learning. I'm happy that you're expanding your knowledge. I'm happy for every effort that you make. Devananda, you got kids. When the kids come home from kindergarten, they draw a picture in the school. You, you say, oh my goodness, look at that. You put it on the refrigerator door. and say, look at that. Look at what my child has made in school to bring home to her, to her parents. Similarly, Ma is pleased if you do even one chapter or a half a chapter. If you're starting to learn, there are no limitations. Don't, don't worry about it. But it says, don't, if you want to hold yourself out to be a Chandi professional, don't think you can get away with singing one chapter and then, <laughs> and then claim that you've got the fruits of chanting the whole Chandi. Hey, they came up with this Sapta Shloki Durga. Uh, the Sapta Shloki Chandipat, the seven verses which ex explain the essence of Chandi, and people call, call, write me every regularly. If I sing the seven verses, do I get the fruit of ch singing the whole Chandipat? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> what fruit are you looking for? <laughs> What fruit are you looking for? If you, if you spend five minutes chanting the Chandi, what do you think you're going to get? You'll get five minutes worth of fruit. <laughs> I'll give you five minutes in heaven for that. <laughs> now, the Saptashloki Chandi is not saying if you read these seven verses, you get the fruits of chanting the entire Chandi pot. It's saying these are seven verses which really express the essence of what Chandi is all about. Right. <laughs> so it, it, don't look for shortcuts. Look for things that you can do to improve and learn and practice and expand your practice and keep expanding from there. And as it expands and you get deeper and deeper into the bhavana, you will become automatically a full-time chandi maniac. <laughs> you become... <laughs> You become caught with the disease, uh, spreading the, 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 the disease of the goddess. That, that, the, it, that infectious devotion becomes part of your life. You won't want to contain the effervescence of your devotion. It becomes the passion of your life. Uh, so we, rather than uh, looking for other passions, but, and spending your time exhibiting or chasing other passions, Chandi becomes the passion of your life. And you look at her and her experience from every point of view possible, Vyakaran, Ucharan, Darshan Shastra, Itihas, Sakitya. You look at the grammar and you look at the philosophy embedded in the grammar and how it's codified and how to break the Sunday and you can break it this way and it means this and you break it that way and it means that and you can apply it in so many ways and you look at the history and the philosophy and the literature and you get your own understanding and that makes a difference in your lives. You want to do it all. But we all enter from where we're at. So if you've got 20 minutes to spend and you can read chapter 1, go ahead and read it. Nobody's saying don't read it. 
But if you're uh, going to sit in the temple and say, give me one rupee and 25 paisa and I'll sing the chandipat for you and I'm going to change the fruit of your karma, uh, give me the money and then I'll sing. And then you sing seven verses which express the essence of the chandi. She says, no, no, no. It ain't going to happen that way, guys. That's not the way. If you're full-time devotee, if you're fully employed in the chandi business, then do the whole chandi. Then you can hope to win my grace. We have a question from Jayma James. Namaste, Jayma James! Since the Gita ask, asks us to be free of attachments to the fruits of our work or devotion, is the love of God really the only fruit to aspire to? Yep! <laughs> Namaste! Uh, yes, it is. The love of God uh, is, is really the only fruit to which we aspire. But in order to get there, we need dharma, art, calm, and then we get moksha. If you call the love of God being totally absorbed in the love of God as the liberation from all bondage and the total illumination of self-realization, then that's moksha. And in order to achieve that moksha, we need a harmony between the three. Dharma, we need to define what is our highest ideal of perfection. Art, we need to understand in relation to that highest ideal what is too much and what is too little and what are, how much do I need in order to maintain myself absorbed in that ideal of perfection. How much do I need to reach it and how much do I need to stay there once I get there. And then we need to fulfill or relinquish or renounce or get rid of or look the other way, ignore any other desire. So if a desire comes knocking on my door, knock, knock, I'm saying, sorry desire, there's no one home, I'm busy right now, come back another day if you can, otherwise don't come back another day, I'll be very happy if you don't. But I have to be so absorbed and submerged into my son Copa that I don't, I'm not going to go with you, Mr. Desire. I don't care what you're proposing. I have no interest in listening to your proposal now. I can't move my knees. <laughs> you got to wait until I'm done chanting the chandi. And after a while, that Mr. Desire just takes a hike. <laughs> There's no business for me over here. That guy's useless. Remember, some people are useful or good for some things. Other people are good for other things. Sadhus are good for nothing. And in this way, the desire comes and knocks on the door. Oh, you're good for nothing. <laughs> you go stay, you stay there and chant the jungle. What do I care? You're not coming with me. You, I, I, why shall I waste my time with you? just like all the other girls in my life. <laughs> so the, you, you need to harmonize, you need to define how much of the world do I need in order to maintain my ideal of perfection? And how much do I need to start up again if I need to come out of the ideal, if I ever get unliberated? <laughs> what happens then? Will I just throw myself on the mercy of society or will I be have some preparation, some skill, some talent, some capacity so that I can maintain my self-respect and independence. So here's three economic factors. I've got to maintain myself in the present so I can reach and aspire to attain that ideal. I've got to save enough so that I can maintain myself while I'm in that ideal. While I am absorbed in that pure love of God. 
and I want to prepare a little bit of something so that I have startup capital again. If she ever kicks me out of heaven, I can come back to earth and I don't have to start all over learning the alphabet A, B, C, D, E, F, G. G, huh? Yes, please. We have a question from Vivekananda in Seattle. Namaste, Vivek! Namaste. If I desire to chant the Chani in a graveyard, since we don't have smashans here, will this enhance the experience? I don't really care about any fruit other than the feeling of being close to her, and the word on the street is that she frequents the graveyard. Uh, that's a, one of the words. I'll tell you, <laughs> when I chanted in graveyards, I had or I heard other words as well. <laughs> what are you hippies doing here singing so loudly in the graveyard? This is not appropriate. We're supposed to pay respect to our dead, and here you are singing and making a party out of it. So if you go to the graveyard, make sure you go in to uh, get permission and talk to the people and tell them, explain to them what you're proposing to do and making sure that they're not going to come after you with sticks and stones uh, to chase you out of the graveyard while you're in the middle of chapter three. <laughs> uh, it, it's always wise to get permission before you chant. Now, it's true that there's a silence in the graveyard. Not while I sit there, but otherwise there's a silence in the graveyard because they're not singing so loudly. Uh, and there's a vibration there, there's a piety there, there's a, a stillness. Uh, people come with a mind of piety and stillness to pay respect. And if people think that you are showing disrespect to their tradition and their custom, they may take it the wrong way and ride you out of town on a rail. <laughs> with a little bit of tar and feathers stuck to you. <laughs> but if you have permission and it's appropriate, then certainly you can chant in a graveyard or by the ocean or on a mountaintop or in a garden or at the foot of a tree or in the wilderness. Listen to the voice crying in the wilderness <laughs> or in a temple like the Devi Mandir on the bank of a river, under a tree, by the Shiva Lingam, in the mandir itself, where Chandi has been recited nicely for a long time, years and years. So there are all kinds of neat places you can go, come to to recite the Chandi. Make sure that you are in harmony with the environment in harmony with the circumstance, that your behavior does not cause any discomfort to anyone else. Not everyone is going to understand the nature of your devotion to God. Yes, please? We have a question from Dilip. Namaste, Dilip! Namaste. Cities are also another form of desire. How do we manage to keep away from this devil's temptation? Well, she may choose to give you siddhis or she may not choose to not give you siddhis. And siddhis are something that we're not looking for. The greatest siddhi is that you are talking and I am listening. That's really a siddhi. You have the capacity to influence us. So those are really great attainments. The greatest siddhi from Srima is the, the exposition of love. She demonstrates it in everything she does, whether she's planting a tree or cooking a meal. She's got the same creative, whether she's writing a new song or singing to the group. She, she's always exuding love and she's demonstrating this, the sincerity of that love. And that's the way she demonstrates her Siddhi. Now, you may say, well, that's not a textbook Sydney. I want to control everybody and I want to make everybody uh, hypnotized and mesmerized and make them do exactly what my will is. And that's not Sydney. <laughs> that, that's something different. That's stuff that we're not really pursuing at all. We're pursuing, how can I be in love with God? Like J. Mon James. <laughs> Just totally absorbed in love. We have a question from Moshumi in Boulder. Namaste Moshumi Ma! Namaste Siddharth! Pranam. 
Sometimes Chandipat brings so much inner calmness and composure that I do another Chandi in again another. Perhaps my greed for increasing inner calmness drives me more than focusing on the goddess. Is it correct to continue doing more Chandi at that moment, or must I stop and meditate upon the goddess or do other puja? Oh, keep doing the Chandi. <laughs> keep doing the Chandi. If you fall in love with Chandi, she'll fall in love with you. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's, it's a good disease to have. Uh, as a doctor, I prescribe for you another Chandi Pot. <laughs> I think that's the best prescription. I'll write that down for you. If you send me an email, I'll put it in writing for you, Mushan. It's a good disease. If you've got to be infirm with diseases of the world, then get infected. Get, come down with the infectious disease of loving Chandi. Uh, and then spread it around. Make an epidemic. Make it epidemic proportions of, the, of this love and you can't contain your, your love for her. Yeah, go ahead and sing it again. I, wasn't it bogey you say, play it again, Sam. Uh, well, sing it again, Moshami. Yes, please. We have a question from Nanda. Namaste, Nanda. In your opinion, how long is a person still a novice at the Chandi? What should be our progression? How many days should we be doing Siddhapath with two verses to the breath, and what is the next step to graduate to? Can you share the natural progression, preferably as it happened to you? I will think that we remain a novice at chanting the Chandi and oh, for about a thousand lifetimes. Mm -hmm. it, at least until Shiva says you're, you graduated. Uh, it, it's, we're all novices. The only one who knows it completely is Lord Shiva. And we study. And we're practicing, and we're trying, and we're trying to inhale the verses and exhale the verses and break up the grammar and look for all the nuances and the Ari and the Ripu and the, the, the enemies outside and the enemies inside. We're, we're looking for all these nuances every time we read the thing. It's, it's another, it's, it's a masterpiece. We're looking to break up the codes, and there are lots of codes inside. I mean, just like the way we spelled out the Kadi Vidya and the Navarna Mantra and the Ring Mantra and the ornament of the goddess and the, the one-syllable Bij Mantra which expresses the essence of Chandi. Ring. In, we're all students, Nanda. Please don't think that you're going to graduate in this class. Boy, I'm sorry. If you want a certificate, send me an email. Everybody gets a certificate. But don't you think you're going to graduate? She gives the ultimate graduation. I give certificates. If you want a certificate, send me an email. I'll give you a certificate. Every one of you has need of a certificate. I, just send me an email. I've got beautiful certificates. I'll send it by return mail. Why not do you do that? Everybody, send me an email and I'll send you all a certificate. Now if they read 100 well, no, I, I'll just give them a, a certificate for, what, 35 contact hours of yoga studies for, uh, b because they were enrolled in our Chandi class. Uh, we've got a few classes more to do, but wait until the end of the week. And then send me an email, I'll send you a certificate. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika. Namaste. Why would we want to chant the Chandipath backwards? Are the benefits the same? No. They are completely different. They are really neat. Uh, an ultapat is it's really a cool thing. Uh, we, I, I like the analogy of ironing my shirt, which I do once a month, whether it needs it or not. But, but Rami does it every week. Anyway, you get wrinkles in your shirt, and when you do the ultapat, you iron out all the wrinkles. So when you chant the verses forward, Siddha, uh, you, get, uh, you get the bhavana, you get the meaning, you get the meter, you get the pranayama, you get the, the, a general understanding of the story. And when you recite it backwards, you iron out all the wrinkles. So instead of going, uh, 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 <laughs> and get stumbling over your tongue and tripping over your toes, you it becomes wrinkle-free. <laughs> it's like a scotch guard. You know? yeah. 
washed it in white. You, it becomes really soft and wrinkle-free, and all the all you, you iron out all the problems, all the places where you tend to stutter, and all the places where you can't break the Sunday when you do it backwards. You better break the Sunday, or it's going to break you. And then you get to understand the history going forwards and going backwards, and you can you can you make the whole journey of the Chandi 108 times, 54 steps of evolution and 54 steps of involution, and you make the 108 steps of all the vibrations, the full circle of life, and Chandi becomes your own. It's not like I'm reading something that he wrote. And definitely not something that Swami Satyananda wrote in 1971. I'm, I'm reading something that's thousands of years old and it's been going on for generations. And, it, and I've got it forwards and I've got it backwards and I've ironed out all the wrinkles and it's mine. Now, wouldn't you like the professor who teaches her course to know her subject forwards and backwards? Someone who's going to affect your life or influence your attitude, wouldn't you like them to know their subject forwards and backwards? Well, how much more delicately do we want from, a much greater delicacy do we want from she who is going to operate on my soul? She should know her material forwards and backwards. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha Namaste